I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Reasons to be Joyful. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast, and if you have, and you're feeling very generous, we would love it if you left us a review, please. Thank you. On today's episode, I'm so excited to welcome an actor whose work I absolutely love. I've been following her career for years, from Shameless to His Dark Materials to Bad Sisters. Of course, I am talking about the wonderful Anne-Marie Duff. Here she is, and I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amory Duff, to say that I am a super fan is an understatement, so I have to get it out there because <laughs> it's one of those embarrassing things. If I don't say it, then by the end of it, I might explode. Well, that's really lovely. I'm so, I'm always just amazed that people enjoy what I do, but I love that feeling myself because it's a real risk, it's a real leap going up to someone and saying, I think you're amazing. Because sometimes it can backfire. Sometimes people cannot <laughs> deal with it and be yeah. really like, and you're like, oh God, I shouldn't have said anything. It's all over between us now. But um, people love to hear that they, they, they're they appreciated, don't they? Well, I think it's very it's very interesting. There are they're sort of two different type of performers, actors, whatever. There are the ones that just can say thank you and then the the ones that just are mortified and just yeah. don't like it. And I just took it that you'd be one of those. Um, it's so many of the things that I want to talk about. Really weirdly, I want, to, I, I, I want to go backwards. I want to go forwards. I want to go into stuff that you're about to do. But I, I'd like to talk to you first, if I may, about shyness because it's something I suffered with and still do. And we talk about it on this podcast quite often. But I love the fact that you talk about it. And it's interesting that, Many people don't want to. They just go, oh, no, I don't want to. But so many interviews and so many times you've talked about it, and I wish more people did because they don't understand. It's a proper problem for when you're younger. Yeah, I really had it when I was a kid. You know, I'd say, like, <clears throat> predominantly primary school years. And I guess for upper school, I built up a sort of resilience and I found drama, which helped. But... Um, Absolutely. And to this day, you know, I sometimes have to give myself a break and know there's that beautiful book, isn't there, that Susan Cain brought out a few years ago about being an introvert. And it's really brilliant because it articulates that it's okay to have had enough at a certain point in a party and need to go home. 
you know, and I know that about myself. And I, for a long time, especially within our industry, I thought, oh, my, I should be more, I should be able to be uh, more this, more that. You know, you're always looking at the lacks in yourself. And then even last year, actually, I remember having a word with myself at two o'clock in the morning going, Duff, just give yourself a break. You went and you were pleasant and lovely and had a laugh. And then when it was time to go home, you went home, you know, and and my best friends know that about me and laugh about it. Yeah. I yeah. love that. But I like that you're so open about it because it, one of the one of the things is, um, for me, another fellow uh, shy sufferer where I do get, I mean, excruciating moments of shyness still. And um, is that thing that people go, oh, you, yeah. you're on, you do this, you yeah. do this. You go, no, but I, and that's why I want to talk about it. So people know that it's not just them. No, and you, there's, an, there's a funny little muscle you exercise for work. So when if I'm in a rehearsal room, oh, fabulous. Mm. I don't feel shy there because it's like a safe zone for me. But put me into the middle of another scenario and I, I'm crippled. So I think there are muscles that you flex and you keep on because you love what you do so much. You know, well, I've got to be able to do this. You know, if I want to do this job, I've got to be able to do it. So... Uh, I think that's true, isn't it, for people in, in our work? Completely. I, I remember being uh, at 15 and thinking, I mean, I was shy all the way through, and I remember thinking at 15 when, when people used to say, what do you want to do? And I go, I want to be a TV presenter. They go, but you're so shy. Right. And I just used to want to then open my mouth and say, but you don't understand, you just don't get it. And I think there are a lot of people, it's interesting, the minute I talk about shyness, I get such a massive response from people saying, just actually saying thank you. Where's where we started about saying yeah. thank you. But people saying thank you because a lot of adults still suffer with it and people don't understand. And I think you have to give people a break. We yeah. don't all have to be, have go to, to a house same. party and go, well, hey, oh, that, see, I hate to take my husband's hand and I'd say, I'm, when you go to the loo, when he says he's going to the loo sometimes, I go, I'm coming, <laughs> I'm coming to <laughs> Because I just can't be left. No, but the point is we're all different and yeah. thank God, really. And I love extroverts. I think they're amazing. So do I. You know, and I think fair play to you, you're incredible because your need for companionship equals my need for solitude. You know, and, and if either of us are off kilter, then we don't function well. So, you know, there's space for all of us. So talk me through how the acting happened, because your parents weren't in the industry. No, a very working class Irish family. And shoe shop, was it? Your mum was My mum worked in a shoe shop. shop and my dad was a painter and decorator See, right up until retirement. Can I play? I, I worked in a shoe, shoe shop as a student <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> Try on every pair of shoes, which I wasn't supposed to. So you, I love the idea your mum worked in a shoe yeah, shop. Yeah, it was just normal, you know, and... Uh, and my Saturday jobs were very normal. You know, I worked in a baker's and I <laughs> worked in Evan's clothes store. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. And I guess what it was born out of was my love of story. And I think a lot of people who live inside their heads, you know, this, Shonda Rhimes talks about this, doesn't she? How she totally lived in her head as a kid. Now she's Shondaland, yeah. you know. But I read and read and read and read. And I've inherited that from my father, actually. And my mum a wee bit, but my dad is a massive bookworm. Had he been born into different circumstances, I have no idea what he could have been. You know, he would have been a great English teacher or something. But, um, yeah, so it started with that love of narrative and the power of story and, and imagining myself inside different scenarios. And then my 
best friend at school called Lisa Hopkins said she was going to go to like a youth drama club. It was a very low key thing. And would I go with her? So she had someone with her. And I was, my first instinct was absolutely not, you know. And then I think, my, my misty memory is that my mum and dad were like, could be a good idea, could be da-da-da-da, you know. Lovely. They gently facilitated it. I went and was like, well, this is just the same as books. And that is how it happened. Because if you are a bit panicky about stuff, then you've either got, Chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four. You've got act one, act two, act three, mm. act four, you know, and it all makes sense. And there's a chronology and you go, oh, we can live inside this. There's no, I know there's space, you know. Books, are, but what books do for us. Yeah. They're so important. There's some amazing um, charities that go and give out books to uh, to families that don't have books, don't have books in their lives. And then you hear these incredible stories of these young people suddenly saying, that's what my imagination can do. It also teaches you empathy. It yes. teaches you difference. I love difference. Oh, know. celebrate it. it um, so then you went to, you went to, off to drama college, and yeah. then I'm going to spin forward to yeah. not far, not long after uh, to Shameless, which it's interesting doing my all my research and everything on you <laughs> that people still say, Amory Duff, Shameless is Amory Duff. Listen, I now have a whole new... So for a while there, it was all sex education was all the young ones, like 19-year-olds, whatever, yeah. stopping me. Now it's Shameless because it's on Netflix. So people go, oh, excuse me, excuse me, can I just ask you, are you Fiona from Shameless? I'm like, oh my God, that show so is 20 years old. old. It's, it's sort of... They, they, it you has know, a new... That is fantastic. But it's it was such a life changer for most of us involved in that show. It really, really was, you know. Think but it changed scene, the way think we, of, you know, we looked at television. It was something so different it and was, so new. And the irony about it is now, if you watch those first, well, especially the first season series, it can look really derivative because everybody copied it. So it was like everyone copied the style of it. So now you look at it and go, well, that's just like any old thing. But at the time, like you say, it was really groundbreaking. It really was. I, do you know, I didn't realise it was out on Netflix again. I think I want to go and rewatch it because I think it must still stand up today. All of those issues are still going on today. Well, it's poverty. That's what it's yeah. about. And even more so yeah. now than ever, in fact. So good. Oh, did you enjoy... Was that we did? It was absolute chaos from beginning to end. It was one of those jobs. Good chaos. Yeah, but it kind of suited the animal, you know. It was uh, so we did, and of course, and I met my ex-husband, and I met Maxine and Dean Lennox Kelly, and obviously David Threlfall, genius. So it was a very powerful group of actors. And if you look at the other actors who were in it, say, because oh, I only did the first two seasons, but there are amazing actors who came in and out of Shameless, you know. But how do you feel that people still will say, Shameless is Amrita? What can you do? It's a bit like being a musician and writing a hit. You've got to say, well, I did it, you know, and it was, mm. and I'm grateful for it. That's what I remember Elizabeth Gilbert talking about that, about Eat, Pray, Love. And she said, you know, people always say, she said, I've written other books, you know, but you know what? How lucky was I that that happened? And it's... A, Oh, I'm so pleased you say that. Yeah, you have to be grateful, otherwise. A, a lot of people don't like that because they'll say, do you have to mention something that I did oh, a long time ago? 
Well, look, people loved it. Listen, the other thing that I'm grateful for is that they still recognise me from it. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't changed a bit. (laughs) You haven't changed a bit. Um, Obviously, there's films and we we can go in and out. Suffragette is something I I love. Suffragette. That was great. That was great to do. Was that another enjoyable? Oh, yeah. My God, it was incredible. And also the after shock of it with all the 12 year old girls stopping me because they all really loved my character because she was so (laughs) feisty you know so it was great that was the bliss of it was that really young females were coming up and talking to me about it you that's interesting because you said that a couple of times then so you do get people coming up to you quite a lot then talking about about all the the different things yeah 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 I don't get that's great which is a nice thing it's not like say if you're working a soap or on the Marvel universe or something where it's you're so a thing that people aren't relaxed enough to talk to you about what your work has done for them. Whereas if you do the level of work I do, you get a good chat out of it. And what do they do? They want to know about the character. They don't want to know about you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so I that's don't. That's what you're doing. That. Yeah, oh. I don't have any of the old. And even like say now I'd be out and about with my kid or whatever. People never bother him or you know we are. It's me. So it's great. It's just about that. Oh my God, excuse me, you. And, I've got, and I'm dead lucky, huh? Especially bad sisters now. Oh, we've got was, to. You know, all right, you've mentioned it. You brought it up. We have to talk about it. Sharon Horgan, goddess. Yeah, she's an incredible talent. She's an incredible talent. There is nobody like her. You know, she has a voice that's so different to anybody else's. I love her. Absolutely love her. I, I randomly message her just to tell her I love her because I think she's so fantastic. Um, uh, okay, bad sisters. Uh, and people use the word phenomenon, which, no, we watched it. We thought it was fantastic. We were completely there. We got it straight away. It's so clever. It's so dark and funny, and you, but you don't feel guilty that you're laughing. I know, that's... It's astonishing, actually, because that was the one thing that Clace and I were very committed to making our storyline really true Mm. because there was a little bit of like oh really is that but we're not making a gritty drama conversations happening but we knew you had to do that otherwise the audience would not be willing the girls to kill him you know you had to put them in that space so and also obviously clearly the responsibility of telling that kind of story but actually just in terms of the gig I just knew it had to be so believable that everyone's going, go on, <laughs> you know. He's just, I mean, playing that, it's, it's, you know, as I say, it's dark. It is very, very dark for people who haven't seen it. Um, it's it's about abuse and it's, he, he did it so well. that I, <laughs> I actually, it's one of those times that I think I'm going to be scared to meet him. <laughs> and it's, it's an, he's an actor. Yeah. This is an actor. He, and he did it brilliantly. Yeah. Um, but they, it's, that it's very issue led, and when you made that speech and you talked about uh, abuse and uh, at, at home and everything, that's another thing that that television does so well, especially comedy, because it's you don't expect that story creeps up on you, yeah. and you get away with murder. So, well, also, you, there's no such thing as comedy without jeopardy. Buster Keaton standing in a house nearly kills him, but it just misses him. You know, it's it's that's the that's the you need risk. And anyone who's brilliant at comedy, they just know that for free, don't they? So you need to have danger. When you made that speech, yeah, 
Did you decide you were going to do that beforehand? Was it something that just came Well, I just looked around the room, right? And I thought, you know, we're all talking about how divided we've become, how splintered society is, how uh, there is a lot of spouting of opinion that says, if I'm right, everybody else must be wrong. And I looked around the room and I thought, God, television is the most extraordinary rainbow demographically there are people from every walk of life making every kind of television in this room at this moment and we all have the privilege of going into people's homes and I'll never forget hearing somebody talk about hearing Ken Loach actually I had a meeting with Ken Loach a million years ago and he was talking about the power of Kathy Kemp home and what it did and mm. and I have never forgotten that and how you get to whisper in people's ears and I thought, shit, I'm on TV and I've just played a woman who was in a coercive marriage and I have a special prize for it. Mm. So I've got a little moment where I can just say, don't fucking take it. Don't take any more of it, you know. It just sort of occurred to me sitting in there and then I just... So you didn't pre-plan it? it just, Not properly, no. Yeah, I just looked around, saw this group of all of us all of us crazy birds and I just thought, right, I'm just going to say something and then I quickly wrote it in my head. Oh, it was so powerful. And it's important that maybe that people who are going through that see that on television and they say, that's my situation. Because it's a big responsibility, know, isn't it? Being, you know, being bullied in any scenario is so... There's a lot of very similar themes, whether it be at work or, or in a relationship or at school or, you know, it's a very similar dynamic, so... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And there's going to be more. There's going yeah. to be more bad sisters. Yeah. Are, you, are you filming that yet? We start early September. And, oh, I so don't want you to tell me what's going to happen. But I, what I need to ask <laughs> is one of those. I'm so delighted it's coming back. I really am. Um, and I missed it. it, it and or everybody I know, um, I do a radio show. And on the radio show, all our reviewers, oh, we miss it now. We miss it. It became such a part of our lives, and I like that it dropped every week. Yeah, me too. I love that. Oh, 
I'd forgotten how how gripping that was and you just couldn't mm. wait. And then the minute it did, we were all texting each other, like, did you? Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you give us any inkling? Oh, there's some great new characters coming in. Okay. That are fantastic and outrageous. Um, yeah. And uh, they'll, we'll be back at the 40 foot for a swim. And um, I can't say anymore. I'm on pain of death, I suspect. <laughs> no, please don't. I don't want you to, but I want you to, but please don't. But we're lucky because it's Apple um, UK. So we don't, we aren't affected by the strike. So we're able to crack on, which is brilliant. Actually, that, so has it affected you with anything else? Because I know, obviously, there are certain um, shows that we can't talk about, we won't talk about, because mm. uh, all the other actors that I speak to, they say, please don't yeah, discuss yeah, this, yeah. this and this. Um, I, and I presume, like all other actors, you feel quite strongly about what's going on. I think it's incredible. I'm really proud of my American cousins. You know, I think it's extraordinary. It's a big risk, but the system is flawed. It's mightily flawed. And... It's all. If you look at the food chain, the people high up on the old food chain aren't affected as badly as people lower down. So they have to really step out, and I'm glad they are. Yeah, yeah. I will watch this bit. I mean, there's, they've they've delayed the Emmys now, haven't they? Until yeah. January. Are you? Were was Bad Sisters up for Emmys? Mm -hmm. Was wasn't it? Lot. Yeah, we're up for uh, best director. Best Writer and Best Actress. Sharon is up for Best Actress. That's very exciting. So that'll now be January. Yeah. And may you win them all because, well, quite frankly, you should. I love the fact that you speak about these things, you know, that that you talk about um, shyness and bullying, and that you talk about, um, the, again, bullying and coercive relationship. But also you, you talk about um, your brother's Alzheimer's. Yeah. You said you would talk about that. He was diagnosed how old? How old was he? So his diagnosis was seven years ago, which would have been in his mid-40s. But he had been living with it for a few years before. But because it was so early, nobody suspected that. You know, it was all the classic, why can't he keep his job? Is he drinking? Is he this? Is he that? You know, what's wrong with so cack-handed? What's wrong with him? You how know? did it show? Well, it started off in really minor things. I think very classically, you'd be making a cup of tea, you'd be like, Eddie, what are you doing? You know, it'd be like that, or he'd get on the wrong bus. Or, like, I remember one time we were up in Glasgow for Christmas and I'd bought him a train ticket to come up because he just couldn't keep a job. God love him. And he got to Euston or wherever it was he was going from, maybe King's Cross, Euston, and he was there two hours early for the train. You know, it was just always these little things and it would just be like... And I was trying to help him, codependent me, he was desperately trying to help him and I... I booked him to see a therapist. I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. And then one day, I think he had a sort of panic attack in our neighbourhood because he lives, was living close to me. I made sure. And he was, he was aware that just everything was collapsing and he walked into our GPs and said, I need help and I cannot tell you. It was like the universe just went, OK, and just moved into gear. The GP had him referred to the brain hospital in Queen Square and it just, everything then moved. I got him into supported housing and it's been a journey and it's still going and it's heartbreaking. So he was aware as well. He didn't know what was wrong. It was a weird kind of semi-consciousness so that he then would, even when I remember clearly the day that he got his diagnosis, we were sitting in the hospital, I sat beside him and the specialist was sitting opposite and said to him, this is it, this is what we've discovered. They've done lots of scans, lots of 
test for two weeks. He'd been tested because he was so young. They were like, is this a new strain of dementia? Is this, you know? And they told him what the diagnosis was. And he said, okay, so when this all comes to fruition, he said, when this passes, and I was like, he cannot grasp. So it was weird. It was, it was just then it was just like there were huge pieces of his jigsaw missing, you know. Um, so that was really heartbreaking because I was like, oh, dude, you don't really get it. It's so, I, I didn't, I'm, my, in my naivety, I didn't realise that such young people could get Even it. Even younger, sadly, there are some people. The weird blessing was he wasn't married with kids because then there would have been somebody left with his care. And there would have been children losing their dad, you know, and so young. Yeah, it's again, you know, it's so important to talk about because it's can be hidden for a lot of people. Um, so it's great that you talk about all of these things, and you've got the the space and the place to do all of this. It's tricky because you want to talk about stuff, but you don't want to be a billboard. You don't want to be annoying. You know, I, so, don't, I don't think you are. At no, all. but you know, you you try to temper it so that you talk about it without it being. You're not table thumping. No, because I don't think because nobody listens when somebody shouts. Yeah, that's the truth, huh? So, uh, going back to the character in Bad Sister, yeah, just don't listen. Um, okay, so let's talk about the joyful uh, stuff on on working on something like Bad Sisters. Mm. Please tell me that you all, I mean, apart from the fact that you all went swimming in that freezing cold water <laughs> and you all managed it, just, <laughs> just, uh, it must have just been the best fun because I can't think of a better bunch of women to be with. Can you imagine you have all these incredibly talented well it's a show full of leading ladies. Yes. Hallelujah. You know and that's You heard me shout that. <laughs> but also yeah. that's so it's just so unspeakably rare but not just it's a show with lots of female characters. Every single one of them is swollen with a million things. So you don't just have like, oh, here's our heroine and here are the other women around her. Oh, and it's a show for women. You know, it wasn't like that. And in fact, I've had so much feedback from men. I've been so brilliantly surprised. I was walking on Hampstead Heath and this group of men runners and they stopped me to say, oh, my God, we just wanted to talk to you about coercion. We've got a friend and we're really worried that he's not being really... I was oh, like, my word. Holy shit. Here That's I am. incredible. Yeah. So you never know the ripples, right? You never, ever know. But yes, we did have the best time. And Clace made me laugh all the time. He's completely mad in a brilliant Scandinavian way. And so we did laugh a lot. And the girls were all so witty and funny. And Michael Smiley, who plays Roger, is, you know, he's from stand up and he's, you know, he was in space with Simon Pegg and, and Jessica Hines. You know, he's from that world. Yeah. So he is hysterically funny. So he made me laugh all the time. Um, so, yeah, it was a glorious band of people. Did you have those moments where you th we saw all of them going off and having their seats yes. and think, hello? And I'd be sat with Clace going, oh, God, we've got to go and be miserable. <laughs> and off they go and they'd have all these glamorous, gorgeous costumes. And I'd make this very conscious decision that she was kind of a Stepford wife and she would have, you know, like <laughs> mum at Bowdoin kind of sort of, <laughs> like, look. And so <laughs> I've been really strict about that. And then I'd be like, oh, but look, they look so beautiful. <laughs> They're going off and having a really good time. Yeah, oh. yeah. And they are insanely close, the four of them as well. They're really close. It's really lovely. They are like sisters. It's spectacular when you see them all. It's gorgeous. I, I can imagine. I'd be like, come and play yes. Hello. <laughs> um, and also you're going to be doing another season of Suspect. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. I know. It was so you great. You and Jimmy. He was 
amazing in that show. I'm shocked that he hasn't had more recognition for his performance in that show, actually, because he's so brilliant in it and it's so... It looks so different from a lot of dramas. Mm. It's shot so beautifully. You had a Belgian director and DP. I was going to say it was shot. It was oh, stunning. colours and, you know, so... So, yeah, and I'd seen the Danish original production. Um, they'd sent it to me before, you know, when they first asked me to be involved. And the second season with The Wife was even better than the first. So I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll do it. <laughs> How fantastic. So have you started filming that one as well? That happens after, straight after Bad Sisters. So that's all. How lovely to know, to have those things Yeah, because I've up. taken quite a bit of time off, actually. So it'd be nice now to then go on and... And go and be busy for a bit, you know. Now, my uh, my daughter would never, my younger daughter would never forgive me if we don't talk about his dark materials, mm. because that world she was completely engulfed in that world, right. and it also brought her. Um, she read the books, and yeah. then it made her go back and read the books. And uh, the BBC did it beautifully. It was fantastic, wasn't it? I didn't, and it wasn't too uh, unreal. Yeah. It was very. It was. It sounds so crazy because it it was a, another world, but it felt very. Um, here and now. Well, what's well? That's the books, isn't it? It's a parallel dimension, and par but the, the parallel being yeah. the operative word. So it yeah. feels like this version of our world that's just ever so slightly magical, tilted. Yes. Yeah. So, and I absolutely loved the books. I loved the books, and meeting him, meeting Philip Pullman, was incredible. You know. So I, yeah, I was like, oh God, absolutely, am I going to be involved in that? It was gorgeous, you know, and I loved, and I, you know, I loved the way we made the Egyptians, the way they were. I wanted to be a bit wilder with it, with lots of tattoos and stuff, but they're a bit like, no, it was kids TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was wonderful though. See, I think, I think that's where, I love it when books come to life. We're going back to what we were saying about books. Yeah. Because I have a picture of all, when I read a book, I, I yeah. completely immerse myself and my imagination goes completely wild. But when they, when they, are made into a TV show or into a film and it's like the book that, and it's like my head was and that's what that did. Oh, and it's great. It's the most satisfying feeling. I do agree with you. I feel they really captured the spirit of the book and the way they cast it was so beautiful. All these incredible actors and Ruth was so perfect for Mrs Coulter. Yeah. She's just amazing, you know, and I just think it's fantastic. And we did, we had a great old time and the attention to detail, holy smokes, on the set design was incredible. Yeah, so it was like you were there. Yeah. Well, like, they the built the entire stuff. interior of our canal boats, you know, and we would just be in them all day filming. And and I got to meet Lin-Manuel, who I just love, yes. you know, and we just would sit and sing show tunes. Oh, I was just going <laughs> to ask you, please tell me you sang. Did you sing Hamilton and In the Heights? Both? Well, we didn't do his shows. Oh, you didn't do his shows? No. Which, shows? Which ones did you sing? Well, we would just sing any old show tune and he'd what? go, okay, okay, Duff, name the show. And he would sing something and we would just laugh and... And you'd sing it with him because oh, you're a singer. I don't know, a th theatre person like me, I was just like... <laughs> oh! <laughs> and so, yeah, and he's dead funny and, yeah, so that was great, you know, to have... You just never know who you're going to meet. The only My only disappointment was that Andrew wasn't in my season, Andrew Scott, who I love and is such a very funny man. Um, so we our paths didn't cross, but, yeah, that would have but been... But you had... Come on, you had Lynn manuel I, I, I just... Yeah, I love the idea of singing show tunes because I know singing is your because you thought you were going to be a. It was a one of the once. one of the things I was sort of when I was just at the fork in the road, you know, 
at the start, at base camp, going, oh, my God, oh, my God, because I didn't get into drama school first time round because I looked, I honest to Jesus, looked about 12 when I was 18. You still do. You do. You're very kind. You do. <laughs> Actually, I'll give you 18. You're 18. Uh, yeah, so, and it was that, to say it was either yeah. or. Well, there was, there was like a, a, there was a triple scenario. There was, I got a place on a foundation course, course to do art, and then I was, singing was a possibility, but it would have been classically, classically trained and drama school. And I, I knew I wanted to do drama school and my lovely dad, Brendan Duff. And I still remember the exact moment he put his arm around me and said, listen, Smudge, I don't think you're a painter. And I just looked up at him and he's, he just got me, you know. I was so lucky he got me. We're very similar people, actually. I'm a real Duff, you know. <laughs> How fabulous. Yeah. So, but the singing, do you still do it? Apart from with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, I was passing around. I did a bit of singing. I was lucky. I did a play last year at the Almeida where I played someone who was, who was, it was an extraordinary character, um, who had been thwarted. Her life wasn't what it was supposed to be. And, but there were sort of flashbacks of her singing in her youth. And so I got to sing and that was gorgeous. I loved it. But will you do more? I'd love to, yeah. I'd love to. Because Damien Lewis has just Godly. Damien, yeah, he's just come out and went right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a band together I know, I and do an album. There I was looking at my Waitrose paper. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Look at Damien, looking all rock and roll." He'll love that you saw him in a Waitrose. That's so Damien Lewis. Not, not in some NME. Oh, no. no, Waitrose paper. I love it. Oh, I just, I did. I had that exact talk because you know what? If anyone. I think when big shit hits the fan, you go, do you know, what do I want from yeah. my life? What window do I want to throw open and yell out of today? It's really important, isn't it? And you get those wake-up calls, don't you? Okay, so which window would you open? Do you know, uh, uh, if I was... Look, I can't even articulate it because it actually means something to me. I would love to write. And I'm. it's something I, I'm... Ve it's a very emotive thing for me and I... Recently, I've been trying to do some writing and every one of my friends has been like, what the fuck aren't you writing? So why aren't you? It's really interesting. I don't know. I guess it's... Fear? It's fear. And also, I bumped into lovely Catelyn Moran once and she said to me, no, you just have to keep going. You just have to keep doing it. And then you get over that. She was a bit like, come on, Duff, shut the fuck up. You know? And I think that's partly it too. Also, I had this great chat with somebody once about our generation, right? We look at these young ones and they go, I'm multi-fucking-tasking. I am going to be this, this and this, and nobody is going to put me into a lane. But for us, we had to fight so freaking hard to have our lanes. I think there's still a tiny little inbuilt thing of, if I step out of it, will it just vanish? Will it just evaporate and be gone forever? And I think we have to retune the radio, don't we? You are so right. You know, and I think that yes. you kind of forget that. It's all about in incrementalism. It's all, you, you, and I, you really learn this, and I've had great chats with young feminists about this, you know. Don't forget that every step that was taken before you is just as valid as the big leaps you can take now. And I think, and it made me think about myself, and God, actually, Duff, that's part of your journey too. Because everything's relative. My mum's generation had this. Our generation has this. You know, and it's... And our, our daughters, you know, now have what they have because of us taking those steps. But sometimes those steps can be really big leaps and they can be really exciting. The fear can get can stop you, but once you do it... Yeah. I, 
just and actually as Caitlin Moran said just do it yeah. because you're not going to nobody's going to judge you nobody's going to judge you you're just sitting yeah. there you're going to do it why not do it what for yourself what is it that, what is the worst that can happen yeah. that's the thing isn't it that your therapist always tells you what's the worst that can happen just write it yeah so, so back anyway. today and write do take a half an hour write something and just go right i did it that was half an hour don't look at it again walk away from it you think right i've done half an hour tomorrow yeah. do it again exactly so that's i'd say that would be it Okay, well, I look forward to reading it. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to chat to you. And to you, Miss Gaffey.